0: The story of a, of a young boy or a young teenager is going to go buy a, a CD and uh, he goes to the store to buy a CD and as he enters the store and he, at the counter he sees this beautiful young woman, this young girl and immediately his heart just melts and he is infatuated or he is, it's love at first sight but he's a shy and bashful guy. And so he goes what he he does what he went to go do is buy a CD, but he just can't forget about her. She's just constantly on his mind. And so he what he does he goes next day again just to see her. And he goes and he buys another CD. Well, uh, let me just go back. The first time she asked, do you want me to wrap it for you? And he says, yeah, yeah, you can wrap it for me. The longer I guess he could stay there and and see her. But, and so the next day he goes again, the same thing. He buys a CD and she asks if she should wrap it for him. and And she says, and he says, yes. And so she wraps it, gives it to him and takes it home. And he just can't, can hardly contain himself. And so he goes back next day again, buys another CD, gets it wrapped, takes it home, next day again. And he does that, for I don't know how long. And his mother finds out what's going on in his heart and, and somehow she finds out that, I don't know if he's talking about it, but she says, if you love her that much or if you want to go out with her that much, then ask her. And so he figures, he says, he thinks himself, next day, this next day I'm going to. And so he goes and but no, he can't get, enough, get up enough courage. So he buys another CD. But what he does do, he leaves his phone number on the counter, and Hurry sneaks out. He's a shy guy like me. I remember when we, my wife and I, were dating. She's the one, or we started dating. She's the one that asked me out, and she says, "Does this mean we're going out now?" So I was, I was so shy. So I can see myself in this story. But anyways, he goes home and next day, the phone rings. Mother answers the phone. And uh, she says, hello. Well, I'm that girl where your son's been buying a lot of CDs. Could I talk to him? And she says, I'm sorry. He passed away last night. And, uh, no, I mean, he's, he's gone. And so... After a day or two she goes into her uh, the mother goes into her son's room's son's room and begins to open a cd and she opens the cd that she had, and all these cd's are all wrapped they haven't been opened he didn't go to buy a cd he went to go see her and so as she unwraps it there's a note inside and says i think you're very cute i would like to go out with you I'd like to date you. She opens another CD, the same note. Another CD, the same note. So I don't know if they were both shy. But this boy never got to experience love. Or what he called love. What he felt in his heart. Because he didn't open the CD. If he would have opened the CD. Or the cover, or the package. This morning we want to talk about love. This Tuesday is Valentine's Day. And uh, I trust that... Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't even say this. No, I won't say this. Because I, I feel guilty about it. i just talking about it. But, but anyways, there, there's going to be a lot of talk about love. And between husbands and wives and cards and, and uh, little notes and so forth. And, and, and the world is just going get, to get all excited about this thing called love. And what that tells me is that the world and each one of us is craving for love. And I, I don't think it's just because of Valentine's Day, but, but I think deep down in our hearts we all have a desire to love and to be loved. We look around in the world and, and, and we, and we hear, hear people saying love is the answer. I mean we need to love each other to get along and, and for the world to be a better place. Someone has said, love doesn't make the world go round, but love is what makes the ride worthwhile. And I really believe that. We need to love each other. And so if the world and, and the people around us who, who have no idea that what, this, what the power of, of love can do or what love really is, if they think it's important, how much more shouldn't you and I be focused on love? And so that's why I've entitled my message this morning, Living a Life of Love. And I know that when I look at my own life, and I can, I can see, yeah, I don't love as I really should. And I, pray, I think probably each one of us, as we look into our lives, as we, as we think of our relationships, as we think of our husbands and wives, and as we think of our children and our, and our parents and, and our friends and, and co-workers, or whatever it may be, whoever we come in contact with, we would probably say, yeah, I fall short. You see, the Bible has some strong words to say about love. And when we think about love, and when we talk about what love really is, I think we have a distorted view. We have a, a lack of understanding, and, and, and maybe to a certain extent we have a greater understanding as people here in the church, but often in the world, it's, it's more of a just an emotion or a feeling. As someone has said, most define love as a type of feeling. We fall in love, or but and, and the world's love is is a selfish thing. If you're attractive to be to me, be nice to me, meet my needs, and love me, I will in turn return in return love you. The world's love is based on getting something from someone else. The world does not give love where it does not benefit themselves, and I think so often we live that same kind of love. And I want to challenge you to a higher love this morning. The Bible talks about this first kind of love. It talks about a, a brotherly love, and an affectionate love. When you feel affection to someone, I mean, you, you, you love that person. Or, or if they do something good to you, you do something good to them. The Bible talks, uh, talks about a brotherly love, a phileo love. The Greek word for that. But the, the word that the word love that the Bible talks more often about is agape. This love is an unconditional love. It is a, it's based on a commitment, it's based on a decision. And this is the love that we find in first in John chapter three, verse sixteen for God so loved the world, God loved the world unconditionally. God loved the world by committing himself, by committing his son to die. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on. So the importance of love is, is, is so much contained in Scripture. And the famous love chapter that we often use in weddings or uh, in, in different for uh, counseling and stuff like that, talking about love, here it speaks about how important love is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning at verse 1, it says, and this is from the message, If I speak with human eloquence an angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I am nothing but a creaking, rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps or moves to another place, but don't have love, I am absolutely nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake, to be burned as a martyr but don't love, I still haven't gotten anywhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, or what I do, I'm bankrupt if I don't have love. Love is important. Love is crucial in our relationships. Let me say, love, not just love as a feeling, but love. As a commitment. Love as a decision. Love as a choice. That I choose to love. Then in verse 4 after Paul has said that. He says. He gives us. He tells us what love is like. How it is fleshed out in our daily lives. And he says. Love never gives up. Love cares for others. Love cares more for others. Than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. It doesn't revel when when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything. Think of your marriage. It puts up with anything. Trust God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back but keeps going to the end. Wow! What a high standard of love. You just wonder, oh man, I'm I'm done. I'm done for. Because I'm not loving like that. This is the standard that God is calling us to love. I mean, it's something that we might never attain, but this is something that we shoot for. And then... Jesus Himself, He talks about the importance of love. He talks about the greatest commandments, the two greatest commandments. And what are these two greatest commandments? They're both based on love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with your whole being. Love God. The first commandment. The second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself your whole life, your relationship with God, your relationship with your fellow man, is based on love. What kind of love? The agape love. Sacrificial love. Love of commitment. Regardless of the cost, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the conditions. One more verse, or two more verses in Ephesians talking about the importance of love. Paul says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, live a life of love. How? Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. How are we to live a life of love? As Christ loved us. Wow. What a standard. What a we can't attain it, right? I'm not sure if we, if we were to say that we can't attain it. But I think so often we try to attain that. So my question, and your question probably is this morning, how do we live this kind of love? How do we live a life of love that reflects the way Christ loved you and me? How is it possible? Why is it not evident in my life then? Why is loving so hard? Why do I love so little? You probably say, I've tried to love. I've tried to love my spouse. I've tried to love my children. I've tried to love my parents. I've tried to love my coworkers. I've tried to love my boss. I've tried to love those people at church. But to no avail. And I'm not sure where you are this morning. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and saying, Oh, I love, I love everybody. Well, we've got to be careful. I mean, we, if we understand love, one comic strip character says, I love mankind, but it's people I can't stand. You know, sometimes we love like that, right? We say, yeah, yeah, I love, I love, I, I'm, in, I'm in love. But when it really comes down to our relationships, to where the rubber meets the road, and then we have a little bit harder time loving those that are hard to love. Or maybe you, you've grasped this a little bit, and, and you are loving, and, and I'm not saying that we aren't. But even the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians say, Now but brotherly love to the Thessalonians says, We do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you to do so more and more. You see, there's always room to expand and to grow and to increase our love. For those around us. So we've seen the importance. We've seen the, the standard that God sets for us to measure up to. To love. What is the way to living a life of love? Well, let me say to you, it's not digging in your heels. It's not just saying, I, I, well, okay, if, you want, if God wants me to love that I'm going to dig in my heels and I'm just going to love more and I'm going to try and I'm going to... even if it kills me. Well, you see, that's not the answer. Because you will never get there. I want to share a principle this morning which I think is very... it will transform your life. It's a principle we find in Scripture. And Max Lucado calls this principle the, 7, the 747 principle. And he says this principle will, will take you to a, to a higher level of love. It will, it, it will cause you to love easier and, 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 and love like God wants you to love. Just like a 747 jet can take you to a different level of traveling. So this principle can take you a different level to love. And so I believe this principle can transform your life. But you have to listen this morning. Are you ready to hear this principle? You got your pens and papers ready? This is important. You don't want to miss it. This is crucial. Listen to me. Grab hold of your seats. You got it? Are you ready? God loves you. You knew it. Yes. See, look at that. You see, I think all of us say, Well, yeah, I knew that. Do you really know that? Do you really understand that God loves you? We hear it. God loves you. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves the little children. Yes. This is the principle that will transform your life of love, if you understand this. God loves you. Now let's look at a story in the Bible that talks about this and where, where it is made clear. Luke chapter 7. Let me just share this story a little bit. And, and I think that as, as you as you hear this story it will become a little clearer, this principle. Jesus is invited to a Pharisee's house. A man by the name of Simon. Simon has invited Jesus to come and to, to have dinner with him. And so Jesus goes and he's rec- and, and he's reclining at the table. And I'm not sure, it doesn't say if he's invited other people, but I'm, there must have been other people coming and It must have been a kind of like an open door, a revolving door. And so... What we find in this story as Jesus is reclining at the table, a woman off the street comes in. We would call her a prostitute. She comes in and she sits beside Jesus and she starts to cry. And she starts to take her hair and with her tears and to wash and to wipe her feet. And she's all over Jesus, just just. Showering love upon Jesus and appreciation. And we don't know where this lady has heard of Jesus, it doesn't tell us that, but somewhere she has experienced the forgiveness and the acceptance and the love of Jesus. That's, that's clear in the story. And so she wet his feet with her tears, she wiped them with her hair, she kissed them and poured perfume on them, some expensive perfume. Expense perfume, it, it cost her something. But it says when the Pharisee saw this, who had invited Jesus, he said to himself, well, if Jesus were really a prophet, he would know who this woman was who is doing all this to that, him. That she is a woman off the street, that she is a sinner. He's thinking to himself, Jesus, how could you allow this? And then Jesus knows what Simon is thinking and he says, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, and the other owed 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of them both. So here we see Jesus using a story again about people being, a person being owed money, and he cancels a debt that's That's ten times more than the other one. And Jesus asks, Which one will love him more? Well, it makes makes sense. The one whose debt was bigger, that was cancelled, will love him more. And Jesus says, you've answered correctly. That's what Simon says. Then he turned toward the woman and he said to Simon, Simon, do you see this woman? This woman, I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head. But she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you. Here's the principle. Her many sins have been forgiven. For she loved much. But he who has been forgiven loves little. Here's that principle. The person who understands and who has been loved much and and, as, and we'll talk about it a little later that God has loved us so much that we can't even imagine. But a person who understands this and embraces it and accepts it will be able to love others. To the extent that you understand and receive God's love, that's to that's the extent that you will give love. To others. Now if you understand God's love to be conditional, that when you are good, that God loves you, when you are bad, He doesn't love you, then your love will be just as fluctuating. But if you understand God's love to be conditional, that God loves you, regardless what you did today, what you did yesterday, that He loves you the same, that His love does not change then you will be able to love to that kind of level. But if you see God's love as conditional, then I will love conditional. If you see God's forgiveness as conditional, then you will forgive others only on certain conditions. If you see God's acceptance as conditional, that you have to come to a certain level and to a certain stage, then that's how you're going to accept others. But when you understand the love that God has for you, and I I don't mean to the full extent, but as you learn to understand this, I can guarantee you that your love for others will change. I really believe that. Bob George says this, whether we realize it or not, we will treat others with the same manner or measure of love, acceptance and forgiveness, that we think we are receiving from God. How does God love you? How do you perceive God's love this morning? How much does God love you? Back to another scripture passage in Ephesians. Well, I read that Ephesians chapter 5 already, but let me read it from the message. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Watch what God does. Here's this principle again. Watch what God does and then you do it. See how much God loves you. Experience how much God loves you. Understand how much God loves you and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything himself to us. And then he says, love like that. No wonder Paul, in Ephesians, he prays for the Ephesians. He says, I pray that you may know, that you may know and understand and grasp How wide, how high, how deep, and how long the love of the Father is. You see that God's love is beyond our understanding. But there are certain principles we can understand about His love. And we need to embrace them. The secret to living a life of love is living loved. Living in the overflow of God's love. To give love, we must first receive love. And again, a few, few verses in First John chapter four. And just to uh, just to uh, uh, enforce this principle, it's not just in this one passage, but it's all through Scripture. Understanding how God loves you, then we love. We learn from that, and then that's how we love others. Dear friends, starting over 7, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God, and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us, that He sent His one and only Son into the world, that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So here again is that principle, as God has loved us, so we can love others. As God has loved us, we can love Him. There is no love without God. There is no love without God's love. And Romans chapter 5, 8 says that God has poured out His love into our hearts. While we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us, and God expressed His love. Again, that unconditional, while we were yet sinners. If He did that while we were yet sinners, well, I mean, I think we are still sinners. We still fall short. We still fail Him. And so God's love is continuous and constant. And so John says here in in verse 16, And so we know and we rely on, On the love God has for us. And so we know and rely. So it's a knowing and a trusting. God's love for you and me. I encourage you this morning to embrace that truth. That if you are sitting here this morning and say, oh, God can't love me. I would almost go to the say that God cannot help but love you. Because He is love. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're going to do tomorrow. You see, God's love does not change. This one man, he once went to a certain place and he's seen a a weather vane. A weather vane is it shows the direction of the wind and, and on it it said, God is love. And this guy says, what do you mean? When the wind changes, God's love changes? He says, no. It doesn't matter which way the wind blows. God's love stays constant. Whichever way the vein points, whichever way the wind blows, God's love is constant. God has loved us. God has poured out His love into our hearts. And as, as children of God, He has poured out His love into our hearts. And, and so, if you are here, you're not a child of God. I mean, it's almost impossible to love. Or it is impossible to love. But as a child of God, God's love has been poured into our hearts and so we draw from that well. We draw from that bank account. You see, you cannot pump any water out of a dry well. And so if we're trying to love and there's nothing in there, it's not really love. How do we love others? Out of the overflow of God's love for me personally. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That He should give His only Son. To make our wretch His treasure. God in His grace and His mercy. He has poured out His love. And the full uh, full expression. Or the demonstration to the extent of His love is in the giving of His Son. And just a few other verses. 1 John 3 verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And He says, and that is what we are. The the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. But we know that when when He appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Ephesians 1, in love, He predestined us. In love, He adopted and chose us to be His sons. Romans chapter 8, nothing in all creation shall separate us from the love of Christ that is in Christ Jesus. From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. God expresses His love through His Son. God expresses His love through His Holy Spirit. Andrew Murray says this, the Spirit comes to us laden with with all the love of God in Jesus. The Spirit is the love of God. When the Spirit enters us, His first work in us, His first work is the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which He gives us at the time of conversion. God's love literally poured into our hearts. God loves you. I want to read a a love letter to you from God. And it's it's on the internet. It's been there for a number of years. But maybe you've read it. But it's a message from God to you. And all these statements are based on Scripture. And it begins like this. It says, My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live, move, and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You are not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth. Where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in my mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who do not know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish love on you. Simply because you are my child and I am your father, I offer you more than your earthly father ever could. For I am the perfect father Every good gift you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope. Because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as a sand on the seashore. I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you. For you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe every tear from your eyes, and I will take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my Son, Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home, and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I've always been father, and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I'm waiting for you. Love, your dad, almighty God. This is God's valentine to you this morning. How much does God love you? The Bible says the high as the heavens are from the earth. As far as the east is from the west as you remove your transgressions. Let's put it in perspective a little bit. How much do you love your children? Well, I'm not saying maybe when they disobey. But see, there again, it's conditional love, right? But that feeling of love. When you have this son or daughter born to you. And this little baby. What, what kind of love do you have? It's just an over, it's just a overwhelming expression. It's an overwhelming feeling of love. You would do anything for that child. We have a grandchild, and it almost seems it's more precious to have a grandchild. But we have a lot of pictures of her, and we have one picture on the, on the computer screen on uh, the screensaver. As soon as you open the computer, you see that picture. And just just overwhelms you. My wife's crying. Every time she sees her, and every time I see her, and you, and you hold her, we, ha- we were on holidays for a whole month. Do you know what God loves you? If, if we as sinners, people with, with uh, so inadequate, can love like that, How much does God love you? I'd say He loves you a million times more than that. He will never fail you, regardless. I want you to open your heart. You see this boy, because he didn't open the CD, he never experienced that love with this girl. I want you to open your heart this morning and receive God's love so that you can experience and that you can share that love with those you love. Amen.